Welcome, welcome, welcome to Zippity Doo Disney, the podcast where I give you my favorite tips and recommendations to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation. So sit tight, thanks for listening, and let's go on that ride. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 30 of Zippity Doo Disney. I'm your host, Eric Frenchman, and this episode is titled planning our 2022-23 Disney World vacation. Here's how this episode is going to roll. First, we'll look at that time of year we're going and what we can expect. Then we'll do a quick review of our hotel choice and how we plan to navigate Disney World. Next, we'll do another quick review of Disney's ride reservation system known as Genie Plus. Then we'll look at our park reservations with my Genie Plus recommendations. Then finally, we'll look at our Disney World dining options and choices. So sit back, thanks for listening, and let's go on that ride. All right, before we jump in, I owe you all an apology because it's been a while since I published an episode. Between work, family, traveling back and forth to the beach house, I just haven't had the time to work on an episode. Well, I did have an episode halfway written but I never finished it. And before I knew it, our annual end of December trip snuck up on us. So I canned that other script. It was a recap of our late winter second No Kids Disney World vacation. Maybe I'll resurrect it for another time. But right now, let's jump into that December, January trip. Now, kids, this is not the first time I've done an episode around the trip that takes place during the most magical and crowded time of the year. First time I did an episode, it was almost four years ago. For my very first episode, which was titled Surviving the Most Crowded Days in Disney World. It was actually a three-part episode that I did February, actually for three weeks in February 2019. So if you want a more detailed description of what's going on and a trip down memory lane those would be fun to listen to but keep in mind a lot of things have changed if you do listen to those episodes okay so as usual we are going the last week of december first week of january we started going that week due to high school soccer but now we continued that tradition that week why because it's kind of fun the weather is usually pretty good but every once in a while, it can be cold. One year, we were down that week without much winter gear. You're thinking, Eric, how did you not plan for that? Well, the weather kind of blew in. And oh my God, we had to go shopping in Disney Springs for anything that looked warm. Heck, we didn't even have pants with us. One night, I was so cold, I bought a Guinness fleece in the Irish store right next to Raglan Road where we had our dinner, reservate, our dinner reservations that night. It's just cold, so keep that in mind. Every once in a while, that weather can change. And if you don't have any warm clothes, you're going shopping. The main problem with that week is that it is really crowded. And I mean bumper to bumper really crowded. You start to feel that crowd the minute you're in Orlando Airport. And then even when you're getting an Uber or Lyft. Dining reservations? Well, let me tell you something. You should have made those 60 days before this week. Because there's a good chance the good options are long since gone. You'll also need to plan for extra timing 
when traveling unless you can walk to a, to a park because the transportation options are usually packed. Have I scared you yet? No? Well, I'm about to. When you're ready to go to Disney World, any of the parks, on New Year's Eve, you have the potential for max crowd capacities. Blech, capacities. With long lines and bumper-to-bumper -bumper park touring. Fact, Magic Kingdom very often reaches some sort of phase capacity closings. Yeah, it's weird at Disney World. Like, they have, like, phase one, phase two, phase three, whatever. They start having phase clothing closings at the Magic Kingdom, and Epca, Epcot is also very crowded. So, when you're in those super crowded parks, you gotta watch out for the crazy Randall grandmother who's riding a scooter. You know why? Because she's sick of the crowds, and she'll run your ass over. So why do we go? Two reasons. We love how the parks are decorated. We love, and the food. And from a work perspective, it's easy for me to take off that time of year because most businesses are closed. However, oh, how crowded it is. All right. Now that you got an overview of how wicked crowded it is, let's talk about hotel choices. I have... Disney Vacation Club, which is Disney's version of a timeshare. And my home base is Bay Lake Tower. Bay Lake Tower is connected to the contemporary. Now, let me explain to you what that means. The contemporary, the Polynesian, and the Grand Floridian are on the Magic Kingdom monorail, which means, you guessed it, we have super easy access to the Magic Kingdom. In addition, one stop away from the contemporary is the ticket and transportation system. And that's where you could park if, the, if you're driving into Disney World. We're not. But anyway, it's a giant parking lot there. And there's a monorail that connects to Epcot. So again, if you're on the monorail system at the Magic Kingdom, you have easy access to the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. There are two other places you could possibly stay that are near the Magic Kingdom. One is Disney's Wilderness Lodge and one's Disney's Wilderness Campgrounds. You guessed it. The campgrounds are for camping. Uh, Disney's Wilderness Lodge, we used to love to stay there. The only problem with the Wilderness Lodge is it's not on the monorail system. But you do get a convenient boat or ferry ride system that connects to the Magic Kingdom and the Contemporary, and then you could get off and on your way. Why am I bringing this all up? Because Disney is uber crowded. So if you're going to go this time of year like we do, getting close to any of the parks cuts down on the amount of time you spend in a Disney transportation system. The transportation system's not terrible, the buses are actually pretty efficient, and now with your My Experience app, which we'll get to in a little bit, the My Experience app, you could actually look at what your bus schedule is going to look like at your hotel. Again, that makes it easy. You're in your hotel room. Eh, I don't want to go to the bus right now because it's a half hour away. So you can look at it and see how close you are to catching a bus to any of the other parks. So keep that in mind when you're going this time of year, or any time of year really, but especially this time of year, you need to figure out 
which hotels you're going to be at and which and which ones have close access to the parks. If you're staying at one of these parks that have close access, you're going to be paying more money. Not a shocker. The other parks, the other parks, the other hotels that are situated near parks are the Beach Club, the Yacht Club, and the Boardwalk, um, and the Swan and Dolphin Hotel. Those get you access to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. And then with Disney Skyliner, you also have the Caribbean Beach, and you have the Riviera Hotel. Finally, the other hotel that's close to a Disney park is the Animal Kingdom Lodge, but it's you can't actually get there. You have to get there. I mean, you can't get there walking. You actually have to use the bus transportation system. And finally, Saratoga Springs is actually close to Disney Springs, which is their giant dining and shopping extravaganza, but it's not that Leo Park. So keep that in mind when you're booking, figure out which hotels are going to be close to the park you're going to spend the most time with. In this case, we like to spend New Year's Eve near the Magic Kingdom. So having access, easy access to the Magic Kingdom is a bonus. That's why we stay at Bay Lake Tower. Finally, when it comes to how close you are to the parks, there's one thing I always got to remind all my friends and family. You cannot, it's almost impossible to go from hotel to hotel on the Disney transportation system. Yeah, I said if you're on a monorail, you could do that. You could go to hotel to hotel. And of course, if you're on the Skyliner or have access to a ferry, you can go hotel to hotel. But for the most part, if you're going somewhere else to eat dinner, you're probably taking a lift back. And if you're like an Uber or a Lyft, Lyft is a little easier in Orlando for some reason. But if you say go back to your hotel, the change to go out for dinner, and then you're going to go to say, I don't know, the Flying Fish like we did. Yeah, you could try and get a bus after dinner back to the Magic Kingdom if the Magic Kingdom still open. So that becomes this giant game of planes, trains, boats, and automobiles. We always end up taking a lift when we're eating after we eat dinner because that's the easiest and most and quickest way to go hotel to hotel if that's what you're doing for dinner. All right, let's discuss Disney's ride reservation system, which is called Genius Plus. And there's also something called individual lightning link purchases. And finally, for recently opened up rides, there's something called the virtual queue. They all kind of work the same, and I'm going to explain them to you. However, if you want a more detailed look at Genie Plus, go back and listen to episode 25, 27, and 28 and 29. Oh, yeah. There's some good stuff in there. Anyway, Disney's has a ride reservation system. It's called Genie Plus. And guess what? It costs money. And guess what? Disney changed how they price it. So now they price it based on the demand in the parks. When we went last year, two times, it was only 15 bucks a day. Not a big deal. But during this week, they jacked it up to $29 per person plus tax. So in order to use Disney's ride reservation system, it was roughly costing me 100 bucks per day on top of the tickets. So that's a lot of money. You need to keep that in mind when you're going to Disney World that 
If you don't want to wait on rides, wait for rides, you're going to have to purchase their ride reservation system. Now, when you log in to Disney's My Experience, the, the Disney My Experience app, they have this thing called Genie. Sounds like it's going to be awesome. I don't use it. I don't use it at all. I go right. I mean, I use the app, but I'm not having Genie sort of plan out my day when I know what I'm doing. And if you're listening to me, you have a pretty good idea of what you're doing, too. So here's how Genie Plus works. At midnight the night before or the midnight of the day you're going to your ride. So at 12 a.m., you could purchase the right to reserve rides. Depending on when you go, it could cost anywhere from like 15 to 30 bucks per person per day. If, and it's a big if, if you're staying at one of the Disney World, Disney World hotels, you get to book your first ride at 7 a.m. If you're not staying at a Disney uh, hotel, you could book your first ride when the park opens. And guess what? The good shit's already gone by then. So what I do is I wake up at 10 to 7 every morning, buy our Genie Plus, if I'm going to use it that day, and then at 7 a.m. And when I mean 7 a.m., I got my Apple Watch on. I make sure I can see the seconds hand. I got my iPhone, my right hand. I've already double-checked to make sure everything looks right and uh, and the internet's good. And don't listen to all these fakakta people. Oh, turn the internet, turn the Wi-Fi off. Leave the Wi-Fi on. It, who, who cares? Make sure you, I always got something, a little app called the Speed Test. That tells me how fast my internet is on my phone, or on my laptop, and it also works great if you're on a Wi-Fi. Every single time I tried it in Disney World, in my hotel room, it was always faster on the Wi-Fi. Don't believe anybody. Try it out for yourself. See which one's faster. Anyway, so at 7 a.m., you can make your first ride reservation. I'll go into more details on some later episodes about the individual parks and how I think you should game it out. But so here's how it works. 7 a.m. You make your first ride reservation. You can't make another ride reservation until two hours after the park opening. So let's just say you're staying at Bay Lake Tower and you go into the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom opens up 9 a.m. You can book your first ride at 7 a.m. Then you can book your second ride at 11 a.m. Even if you didn't use that first ride that you're already booked. So let's just say you didn't do that. So by 11 a.m., you already got two ride reservations. I've held three ride reservations at the same time. And if I did what's called an individual lightning lane purchase, which I'll explain in a second, I've held four rides. Okay? So keep that in mind. It then cycles through every two hours. And people get confused. Eh, where can I book? It tells you right on the app. Once you make a ride reservation, say the second one at 11 a.m., two hours after the park opening, not necessarily 11 a.m., just use that as an example. Try and book another ride. It tells you you're not eligible until 1 p.m. or whenever it is. Works like a charm. So just so that's what you do. If you're going to use Genie Plus, you buy it either at 6.45 a.m. or at midnight if you're up that late. And then at 7 a.m., if you're staying at a Disney uh, hotel, you can book your first ride reservation. And let me just give you one little tip. Book the most popular rides first. 
Don't screw around with the suboptimal, you know, the, the not as exciting rides. Like if you're going to the Magic Kingdom and you got to get on the Seven Dwarfs Mine, you book that one first at 7 a.m. Don't worry about Space Mountain. If you're like me, you book Space Mountain. If you're at an Epcot, you shouldn't buy Genie Plus at Epcot, but eh, let's get past that for a second. Well, you shouldn't buy Genie Plus at Epcot right now if you don't have little kids. But if you have a little kids and you got to go on the Frozen ride, you buy Genie Plus, boom, you make that first ride reservation at 7 a.m. Hollywood Studios, you're making it either the Millennium Falcon, Slinky Dog. Slinky Dog's the hardest. You make those ride reservations at 7 a.m. Let's just say you don't want to do Genie Plus. You don't want to purchase it. You got two options. You're going to wait. Uh-huh. Or you get to the park, the park opening. That sounds like it sucks. It's not. Another benefit, if you stay at a Disney hotel, you get early park entry a half hour before everybody else. So again, back to my example, Magic Kingdom opens at 9. You stay at a Disney hotel, you get in at 8.30. You get there at 8.15, you line up, you walk in, you, you go bang out your rides. Even this time of year, you could bang out rides early in the morning. As long as you get there around park opening. If you're like my family, you sleep in. You ain't getting to the park till 9.30, the earliest. You need Genie Plus or else you're waiting. So that's the Genie Plus ride reservation system. You make a ride reservation, stay in a hotel, 7 a.m. or at the park opening. Then you get to do it basically every two hours. The app tells you when you try and make it after you make a reservation. Now, there's another thing you can do. It's called individual lightning link purchases. You got to check the website, Disney's website, because the rides that you could book with an individual lightning link purchase varies during the time of year okay so for example rise of the resistance that awesome star wars ride by the way the best star the best ride in the park still that's individual lightning link purchase which means you don't get it through genie plus you got to pay a separate fee that fee is roughly somewhere between like 10 or 20 bucks depending again time of year and and the ride you don't need to have Genie Plus in order to make an individual Lightning Lane purchase. What an individual Lightning Lane purchase is, you get to use the old Fast Pass line, which is now called Lightning Lane, for one ride, and you pay a separate fee. Trust me when I tell you this, it is worth it every single time for Rise of the Resistance. You know another ride that it's worth it every single time? Flights of Passage in the Animal Kingdom. You have little kids, and Separate Dwarfs Mine is individual lightning link purchase, and you want it, it's worth it every single time. Maybe, like us, oh, another one, in Epcot, the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. It's individual lightning link purchase, worth it every single time. In fact, you could, in, in, one great idea for Epcot, and by the way, we did this, is to just purchase an individual lightning lane for Guardians of the Galaxy. It was like 15 bucks. Maybe it was 11. I don't remember, but it was less than Genie Plus for the day. You buy it for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't buy it for Soaring, Test Track, and Frozen. You don't need that. If you get to the parks early, you can wait for Soaring. If it's 45 minutes, always an easy wait. Test Track, under an hour, not a bad wait. Frozen, eh, all right. I, 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 ugh, I don't even want to talk about that, right? It's ridiculous. Anyway. So that's it. So the first thing, Genie Plus. Second thing, individual lightning links. Now, there's one more thing you need to know about. Four, brand new spanking rides. Disney's been doing something called the virtual queue. What a virtual queue is, 
is a way to do the standby, not the fast pass lane, the standby lane without standing in, in line. All right? So, again, when you go to a ride at Disney, there's usually two lanes. There could be a third if it's single rider. But for the most part, there's the fast pass slash lightning lane or lightning lane, which is really no, it's now called and a standby line. The brand spanking new ride like, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy or what it was, Rise of the Resistance or um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Train, they do what's called a virtual queue. So you get on your app at 7 a.m. You got to get ready for this one because they go fast. 7 a.m. if you're staying at a Disney hotel and you join the virtual queue. Again, these people freak out about it. They don't know anything about the internet. Eh, it doesn't work. But, uh, no, it's easy. Use your Apple Watch. If you don't have an Apple Watch, use a sec another iPhone where you could see the second hands. You need to see the second hands because these things are done in, boom, three seconds. You go on and you hit join queue if you, you know, inside the app for the ride. As long as you have a park ride, park reservation for that day and it's, and it's the ride you want to go on. So right now it's Guardians of the Galaxy at Epcot. You need to have an Epcot park reservation that day. You make sure it's all set up in your party. Everything looks good. You're going to be in this little separate part of the app about joining the virtual queue. And at 6.59.59, you hit join queue. And boom, you're done. Randomly, you get it or not. If you don't get it, what this week's been doing is at 1 o'clock that day, inside the park, you get to join the queue again. I've done this for all the recent rides that Disney has had this for. I go, usually it's like Ep these parks, like Epcot or Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom, we usually go twice a, twice a trip. I've never failed to get on these virtual queues. In fact, if I go say, when I went to Hollywood Studios, and I was doing Rise of Resistance, I went to Hollywood Studios twice in a week, I got the virtual queue two out of three chances. First time, no problem. Second time, didn't get it in the morning. Got it at 1 o'clock. With Guardians of the Galaxy, you get a chance to join the virtual queue, and you get to do an individual lightning run. That means you got two chances in a day to ride that ride. And believe me, you're going to want to ride that ride. So as a recap, here are your options for riding rides to Disney. Get to the park opening. You're staying at a Disney hotel. It's a half hour before the rest of the people before everybody else. So if it's a 9 a.m. opening, Disney hotel guests get in at 8.30. That's one. That's free. Just go to the park. Bang out the hard rides. Or not the hard rides. The great rides. Option two. Genie Plus. You pay per person per day to make a ride reservation at 7 a.m. if you're staying at a Disney park. Or if you're not, it's at the park opening. Then you get to keep making them basically every two hours. Check your app when you can do it. The third option is that the super popular rides... During, you have to check the website when they're available. You could do what's called an individual lightning lane purchase. You do not have, need to have Genie Plus in order to make an individual lightning lane purchase. They're independent events. And if it's like a brand new, make a new ride, you get the option to use a virtual queue. That's completely free. Okay? How's that? Good summary. I know. All right. This is my favorite part. Well, I liked everything else, but, you know, I love talking Disney dining. I'm going to give you my tips on how I set up the dining for our trip and I'll give you some tips on why I did things the way I did. So maybe you can mimic them. We arrive 
And our first park we go to in the afternoon is the Magic Kingdom. We arrive, like, say, early in the afternoon. I don't want to leave the Magic Kingdom to go someplace else for dinner. So what we decided was we're either going to try and get a dining reservation in the hotel for later, or we're going to eat at the Magic Kingdom. And that's what we did. My first uh, place I wanted to get a dining reservation for at the Magic Kingdom was Crystal Palace. I think the food's really good. Then you get Winnie the Pooh. But I couldn't get that right. I couldn't get that right. Couldn't get that dining reservation. Ended up getting Liberty Trade Tavern. Actually, it's really good food. It's like Thanksgiving every day of the week. So my tip to you is that wherever you're going to be that first day, don't make it hard on yourself. If you're getting in late and you're not going to the park, make a dining reservation near your hotel. Or if you're on the monorail or one of the ferries or Skyliner, make a dining reservation for dinner somewhere close by that's convenient to you. If you want, you go to a park, book a dining reservation that first day inside your park. Day two, we go to Hollywood Studios. Got to go to Hollywood Studios day two. Can't wait. Too many good rides there. Same idea. So here's what we did. We wanted to eat lunch in Hollywood Studios. There's a couple sit-down places. The best sit-down place in Hollywood Studios is the Brown Derby. The Brown Derby has an outside cafe. Or you don't need to make a dining reservation for that. You need to make what's called inside. You go inside the app and you try to be put on the virtual wait list. So here's a clue for you guys. A hint. All the Disney dining have virtual wait lists where you could join. Even though you don't have a dining reservation, say you're trying to get into Brown Derby, the restaurant itself, you can't get in. You could join a virtual queue. How you do that? You go inside the app. You go to make a dining reservation. And you put the date in. Instead of selecting the time of when you want to go, that's later in the day, you select now. And if anybody has the ability for you to join a virtual a wait list to get in, you could join it. That's the only way to eat at the cafe, the little bistro that's outside the Brown Derby. So I wanted to make a lunch reservation in Hollywood Studios. Dinner, we ate dinner. One of my, we're going to eat dinner. One of my favorite places was the Flying Fish. But, you know, we go back to the hotel. So at that point, it doesn't really matter where you're going to go eat. But I just kind of like to theme it because Hollywood Studios, close to the boardwalk, beach club, I like to just keep it in the general area. So we made a dining reservation of Flying Fish, one of my favorite restaurants in all the parks. Oh, you're going to hear something. That was resting my iPad on top of my Disney pins. Um, the next day, we're eating at Epcot. Decided because it's Epcot, we're going to eat in the World Showcase. Great place to do lunch. Just eat lunch in the World Showcase at Epcot. And Lisa always likes the San Angel Inn, which is a Mexican restaurant in Mexico inside the pyramid. Really good Mexican food. And it's not too expensive. December 30th, we're going to Animal Kingdom. Generally, we don't like the food in the animal. Snacks, little kiosks, get snacks. They're fun. There's like one that's got chicken dumplings. Another one's got like a donut with pulled pork. Um, Yak and Yeti is an excellent restaurant inside of the Animal Kingdom. That's like sort of like an Asian fusion. It's pretty good. But generally, the other Disney options are not very good. We decided to eat at the Nomad's Lounge, which is on the way. You're not in Kansas anymore. Um, And that food is really good. But just like the Brown Derby Cafe, Bistro, whatever it's called, you can only do that by joining a wait list. And I got it. We had a good time. Dinner. Chico, that's at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Again, we went back to the hotel, 
swam, took a nap, then went back out. I mean, really, once you go back out, you don't have to go back to the park kind of theme, but I like theming it. So we went back to the Animal Kingdom, kind of fit with the Animal Kingdom launch. December 31st, that's New Year's Eve. That's always at Magic Kingdom. I made lunch at the plaza. Get a little sick of it. It's a little too basic, but the problem is if you're going on New Year's Eve, whatever park you're going to, you must make a lunch reservation. It's way too friggin' crowded. Even just getting like a hot dog at Casey's is going to take you a while. So make a reservation for lunch at the Magic Kingdom because we already ate at the Liberty Tree Tavern. Can't do that for lunch. That'll be silly. Couldn't get Crystal Palace. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, be, uh, um, Cinderella's uh, Beauty and the Beast Castle. I don't really like the lunch. Well, I used to like the old lunch, but now it's dinner. I don't really like their dinner. So, eh. and it's a little expensive for what you get. Um, yeah, you could always do Cinderella's Royal, you know, eat at the castle. But again, food's actually pretty good there, but it's a whole big production to show. It takes a while, it takes a lot out of your park touring. So we don't like doing it. So I went for the plaza. But because it was Disney, it was uh, New Year's Eve, the girls don't like hanging out the Magic Kingdom all day long like you used to. So we made a dinner reservation at Wine Bar George in Disney Springs. So again, back to the hotel, swim, nap, back out to Disney Springs. January 1st, we're back at Hollywood Studios. I like to do the sci-fi diner. It's fun. It's burgers. Good burgers. Again, it's crowded this time of year. Make a lunch reservation in some of these parks. You don't need one in Epcot unless you really want to eat at one of the restaurants. Like you want to eat the, the, the beer garden. You need a reservation for that. Or you want to eat at Vienna Poli for pizza. You need a reservation. But if you just want to eat the kiosks and sort of walk around and eat lunch that way, you don't need a reservation. But this time of year, you need a lunch reservation. So I got the sci-fi lunch reservation. And then we had California Grill on top of our hotel. So that's easy. Back to the hotel, rest, swim, do whatever, get dressed up. Go eat a fancy dinner with fireworks. Next day, we're back at Epcot. I did make a lunch reservation of Vienna Poli. It's a really good, it's a really good pizza. Believe it or not, there's good pizza in Florida. And it's at Vienna Poli. Dinner, one of my favorites, late in the day at 8 p.m. Morimoto Asia. That's also the day before we leave. So we always like to do Morimoto Asia. And it's close to my birthday. Everybody makes a big deal. And then back to the Magic Kingdom for the last day. And that one, I figured we were just doing KC hot dogs. Um, the only other trick that I would say about dining is that the breakfasts in the parks, to me, kind of boring. Uh, you can get Starbucks, but how many times a week can you eat Starbucks? Because we have Disney Vacation Club and we get a one-bedroom suite at the Bay, at Bay Lake Tower, we make breakfast in a room. I got a full kitchen. For the first time since the kids were little, I bought eggs, got some bacon, got some cheese, got coffee, milk, the whole thing. And since I was up at 7 a.m. in the morning anyway with my rod reservations, cooking breakfast. If you have a room like that and you're able to cook breakfast in the room, I think it's a time saver. I think it's a money saver. And if you're up like me at 7 a.m., somebody's got to make those rod reservations. If you're up like that, might as well make freaking breakfast and have some coffee. Um, you could also get breakfast in your hotels. though They're usually decent, but I don't know. You finally get to the park, and now you got to wait online at Starbucks for coffee and a breakfast item that you get back home. Nothing so special for me. So anyway, that's how I organized our dining. 
And that's how I took care of breakfast. Again, tip, wherever you're going to be that first night, if, you, if you're going to a park, make a dining reservation in that park. Make it easy on yourself. If you're not going to go to the park that first night, make it easier on yourself. Book it in your hotel or book it on somewhere where it's close by, either on a monorail or Skyliner. Don't stress yourself out. If you can, make breakfast in the rooms. Don't waste your time with Starbucks. The, the breakfasts are okay in the parks. Um, and then lunch. When you go that time of year and it's super busy, you need lunch reservations. Don't take a chance with the quick services. You're wasting some time. And like me, if you're like me, I'd like to theme my di- my dinners. And if I'm going to the Animal Kingdom, I want to eat the Animal Kingdom Lodge. If I'm going to, say, Hollywood Studios, I usually like the Flying Fish or Beach Club, something nearby. So try to theme your dining. But always, and I repeat always, make sit-down dining reservations. And you got to make those 60 days in advance. Don't wait till the last minute. The other trick that I will tell you, it works every single time. If you're going to do dining in Disney Springs, you don't, do not, I repeat, do not use Disney's Magic My Disney Experience app to make those reservations. Use Open Table. They're all on Open Table. These restaurants I talk about. Morimoto, Wine Bar George, um, Raglan Road. If you want to eat at a Disney Springs restaurant, do not use the app. Use Open Table. You'll always get a reservation. It's never failed. Get the reservation on Open Table. Because what happens is those restaurants only give Disney some of the reservations. They hold the rest of them for themselves because, like, guess what? They're a real restaurant. They're somewhat affiliated with Disney, but they're real restaurants. And they're all an open table, and there's always availability. All right. That's a wrap on episode 30. I know it's been a long time. I know you probably missed me. I would have missed me. But I think I came back with a great episode. I gave you a review of how I planned our Disney World vacation for the week, last week of December, first week of January which is always the busiest time of year. If I can make that work, if I can make our Disney trip work that week, you can make it at almost any other time during the year. I told you about the part, the, the transportation system, what to expect when you go to Disney. I talked about the hotels and how important the hotels are and how that helps your enjoyment if you're closer to some of the parks you're going to go to. I also gave you a really quick review of Genie Plus. If you want more details, go back and listen to 20 episode 25, 27, 20, 29. And then after I come back from our family Disney World trip, I'm going to give you more details. Tell you how I did. Some tips I learned. You're going to get all that. And then finally, one of my favorite things, I went over the dining reservations. I told you how I do and how I plan it. So that's it. I'm going to come back. Episode 31. And we're going to talk about our trip to Disney World day by day. So you can see how I planned it, what we went on, what we did. And I'm going to post some pictures on our website. So you can see how I handled Genie Plus and the reservations. So thanks for listening. And thanks for going on this ride.